What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Said that I'm rapping, God. If Luca shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking hats, dang, go relax. Still at the champ, Defense still coming with the calibers flow. The man's the best on the floor. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Step Back, a Mavs podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined again by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. I say again because, Matt, he wasn't with me last week. I missed you, buddy. Glad you're back. <laughs> uh, we, we can now you know, level the playing field a little, a little bit with our, our schedule predictions. But how are you feeling tonight, buddy? I'm good. I'm so, I'm sorry I couldn't join you last week. Um, I'm I'm sure it was uh it was pleasant, you know, doing things on your own for a change, but it I'm was actually now. horrible. Well, you know, <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. Um, it takes both of us to make this thing work. I couldn't do it without you, and you can you probably can't do it without me, although it's probably easier for you cuz I don't know how to edit anything. So anyway, well, <clears throat> When I when I was doing that at first, I was you know, I was thinking the same as you. I was like, okay, well, this won't take much editing. But when you're carrying a conversation with just yourself for north of twenty minutes, it's a lot harder than <laughs> it's a lot harder than what uh, people might think. So I ended up doing you know almost just just the same amount as I normally do. You should uh, you should have just pretended to talk to your dog the whole time. I mean, I should have probably brought my dog on here, to be honest, but, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid doing that unless I just absolutely have to, but you're right, it's good to have you back. It's much easier when you're carrying on a conversation with, with somebody else, and we'll just jump right into it. I mean, uh, you, you, you checked out last week's pod, and you know by now that uh, after I went month by month, I ended up predicting the Mavs to to win 45 games and so they're 45 and 37 um, I predicted that, I predicted that number to be good enough to get them into the seventh or eighth spot in the playoffs in the West uh, and then the very next day it was pretty cool because Kevin Pelton uh, he put out his piece on on ESPN with like the uh, the BPM formulas and all that. And it had the Mavs winning an average of 44 games, and they were in that seventh spot in the West. So that was pretty cool timing. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it now. What do you think about my predictions, and where are you at right now with your Mavs predictions? Well, uh, I, I thought they were uh, not as outlandish as I thought they were going to be. Um, I know how confident you can be. That's why you have the Irrational Confidence Guy t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm I, not. I'm not predicting 82 and 0. I'm not. I'm well, not that bad. I, I I thought I thought you might creep in to to close to 50, maybe even in the 50s, <laughs> uh, based on just your your level of excitement about life in general. So, uh, but you know, I, I 45 is is not a bad number. I I'm, mine's not too far off. Uh, I think the you know the the additions of Luca and K. I mean not Luca, uh, KP and Seth and you know Delon Wright and all the other you know little moves they've made here and there you know justin jackson putting on weight kp and luca putting on weight everybody getting in shape it it seems like you know things are gonna are gonna take a little bit of a turn around a corner not in a big way but you know i think all of that is worth at least 10 wins off of a 33 win team last year so um yeah i mean i i have it about 43 and 39 42 and 40 somewhere in that area uh my i guess i should say my uh my over under is forty two and a half. That, yeah. that that could change. I mean that that's that's dependent on health and uh, everything going the way I think it's going to go. Um, there's a couple of things here and there where you know there there's some toss up games, and uh, like the, the ones with New Orleans, for example, I think those could go either way. Um, and you know it, you know San Antonio is another one. You know I think I think they're about as good as San Antonio. Uh, they'll, they'll be challenging San Antonio for the seven eight spot. So I think it's somewhere right in there in that little sweet spot. Somebody on Twitter earlier this week, uh, you know I went month by month and gave my win totals uh, for each month, but I didn't go game by game because that just would have been brutal for people. It would have been an hour long pod. <laughs> yeah. But uh, somebody asked me how I had the Mavs going against the uh, the L.A. teams this year. And they play the Lakers four times. They play the Clippers three times. And when I went back and looked, you know, at my breakdown, I have it saved in a Word document. I had the – I have them going 2-2 two and two against the Lakers, and I have them going winless 0-3 against the Clippers, which, I mean, I you know, the Lakers, they have LeBron, they have A.D., but their depth is just going to be, like, really bad. Um, I mean, they have Danny Green, but, I mean, past those three, I mean, it's just really not that impressive. Yeah, especially and, with the boogie injury. Yeah, that that was devastating, and I, I hate it for that guy. I mean, he was playing so well before he had this 18-month string of just terrible luck with injuries. But uh, So the Lakers, they're really thin. They have two really good mega stars uh but i think the mavs having luca and kp and uh their depth i think they can probably pull even in their season uh series with the lakers but the clippers that that's a completely different beast to me i mean they've they've got the star power and they've got the depth i mean that's gonna i don't know if anybody's gonna beat the clippers this season no i mean they're they're the they're the best team in the nba i don't really think it's close Really at all. I mean, they've got, you know, 10 guys. It's it's a 10-deep team with two superstars yes. <laughs> and uh, Lou Williams, sixth man of the year. Uh, Montrez Harrell is a beast. You know, they, they just top to bottom, they're they're really impressive. So I, I also would see the Mavericks going 0-3 against them. Probably um, probably closer to 1-3 against the Lakers and that's only because I see them going. I see them splitting in the American Airlines Center and going zero and two in L.A. Because you know those West Coast, see, Coast road trips are difficult. See, um, I 
I think they're going to get one in L.A. because they were so close last year. You know, that, especially that first one where uh, Wesley Matthews kind of blew it. We don't speak of that. <laughs> At, I know, but, you know, that was the game where Luka blocked LeBron twice. And, uh, you know, every time he goes up against LeBron, you kind of sense that he starts out the games a little nervous and then he comes on strong at the end. I think they're going to get one this time around. Well, I hope you're right. Yeah, and as far as the Clippers go, like you said, I mean, they they, they can go 10 deep and it's just going to be – it's, it's going to be a nightmare trying to match up against them because, you know, it's the same team that made the playoffs and made the Warriors sweat in six games this past season. And they basically replaced uh, Shea uh, Gilius Alexander and Danilo Gallinari with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just absolutely crazy. They're so. going to be the best defensive team in the NBA, bar none. Yeah. And, and kudos kudos to them and kudos to Kawhi Leonard, too, because, I mean, if if he had if he was, if he was going to leave Toronto like he did, I'm glad he chose to go to a, a team like the Clippers and not join, not join the Lakers and form another Warriors-like super team. So, yeah, he completely reset thing, the NBA. Yeah, it made everything so much more interesting. And, I mean, if the, if the Clippers end up winning uh, the title, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that because of, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to be a favorite, but then they also have, like, this, this underdog feel to them because of how bad the franchise has been, you know, historically. So, it's really a weird dynamic there, but... Uh, I'm glad he chose to go to the other L.A. team, and now we have all these dynamic duos, and there's so much parody, and it's going to be really, really fun. So, yeah, and I'm excited for also it. Also, another thing that you know, I, I, I kind of just thought about is Kawhi Leonard's been on kind of a load management protocol of yeah. late, so it very well could be that the Mavericks run across the Clippers during one of those nights. And, you know, they can steal one. But even if that happens, the Clippers well, are still going to be good enough to, to beat almost any team with just Paul George and that group of guys. Well, and it's not even Kawhi, but, I mean, Paul George, he's had his injury history as well. Um, so, I mean, you could have some load manage, management with him, too, during the regular season. And that might be part of the reason why those 538 projections – projections had the Clippers as low as they did you know maybe they're factoring in some of that like how many regular season games those guys play but once you get to the playoffs if they're healthy I mean it, it doesn't matter what seed they are uh, <laughs> it's just it's just gonna be I think it's probably gonna be the Clippers and either the Bucks or the Sixers in the finals next year yeah so. uh I very 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 much want to see uh Clippers and Bucks um, that's Man. what I'm going to put money on. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's just going to be a that would be an incredible series, and it would be a lot of fun. Giannis and and Paul George. It'd be, it, it might be low scoring. Who knows? It, 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 I think it's just going to be. I think that would be the best, and that's what I'm going to put money on. The Sixers. I still. They're just not it, man. I, I don't care who they put around those guys. I don't have faith in these these uh, pickup games. Come on, Ben but Matt, Simmons but... jump shots and all that. Shit. 
I was about to say, but Matt, Ben Simmons is hitting three-pointers in pickup games. You mean you don't have any faith in the Sixers? No. <laughs> Even with Al Horford and Joel Embiid with that Twin Tower deal that they've got going on, it's just I, I, I'm, that they're not it, man. They don't. They don't have enough shooting. Uh, Definitely. I not. think. I think losing JJ Redick is really gonna hurt them more than what most people think. I think they lost TJ McConnell as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. I can't remember where he went offhand, but going off of what what we were talking about with Ben Simmons and pickup games and all that, that's going to lead into this next little point here, and then uh, we will welcome on our very special guest tonight, Justin Jackson. As some of you might already know by now, he's going to join us here in a little bit. But before we get there, talking about pickup games, uh, Devin Booker kind of set social media on fire this week. Uh, because a video surfaced of him playing a pickup game with a bunch of other guys, and he got double teamed on the perimeter, and he kind of threw the ball and as one does it. in basketball, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, a normal a normal thing to do in basketball when somebody's torching you is you double them. But anyway, he <laughs> he threw the ball, and he proceeded to kind of throw a little bit of a tantrum. I mean, if if that's what you want to call it, but he he kept saying something about uh, no double teams. Or we need to be working on our games and all that. And I'm thinking, like, well, I mean, wouldn't it be better if you could just find a way to beat the double team or pass out of the double team to an open man? Or well, here's my thing. I mean, uh, statistically, if I'm not mistaken, Devin Booker was the most double team player in basketball last season. Um, I know he didn't play a lot. You know, he didn't play all 82 games, obviously. I don't, I don't know if he ever has. Yeah. But he gets double teamed a hell of a lot. So his argument about uh, let's work on our games kind of doesn't really make sense to me because if you're the most double teamed player in the league, then why wouldn't you want to work on getting double teamed by NBA right. players when it doesn't really matter? And I, and I appreciate Joe Kim Noah for clapping back at him, um, calling him out for being the <laughs> bitch that he is, which I love Joe Kim. I wish he was a Maverick just so I could watch him like do, do that kind of stuff on a nightly basis. But, you know, and then, of course, Trey Young comes to his, you know, defense and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's an unwritten rule, blah, 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 whatever he said. And it's like, man, that is such horse shit. You're, you're... Which, is very, which is very ironic, by the way, because I think Trey was like, he really he was he was dead last uh, in the defensive category last season out of all five hundred and something players. So yeah, like why work on defense? And this guy's yeah. this guy's making his name this summer, you know, tearing up social media, you know, dribbling in and around fifth graders and 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 in, in, in <laughs> basketball camps and driving through the lane and pickup games when nobody's playing real defense. And it's just like that's not like that that's keeping you in shape maybe. But that's not helping you work on your game. What's the point in doing pickup if you're not going to play real basketball? Right. It's just it's it's obnoxious. It's such, I agree. it's such a it's such a baby mentality. It's I it's an NBA millennial mentality. That's what it is. I will say this. I think the I think the outcry from this, I think the reaction to this is a little bit overblown and that's mainly because 
we're in the dead period of the NBA offseason, and, I mean, we're just, like, craving any kind of content we can get at this point. And so I, I think it is a little bit overblown at this point, but I do agree with you. I, I think it's kind of – it's just kind of ironic that – that Devin Booker will would say something about not wanting to be double teamed yet he wants to work on his game. I mean, to me that's just uh, that's just contradicting. I think you have to I think you can work on your game while being double teamed. You can work on your passing. You can work on like, you know, nutmeg the guy and get out of the double team, something. Uh so I I, I definitely agree that I think that was a a thing that he was just whining about to whine about, and I mean, like you he said, Trey like Young. Whiny guy. Trey Young agreed with him. Kevin Durant agreed with him. So I mean, you, you see the trend here, right? Yes. <laughs> Bitchy little guards who are all offense and no defense don't want to get defended, and and especially when well, they're on camera and losing well, we the ball we, out of bounds. We can't put KD in that category, but you know. I, <laughs> Other than that, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, KD is kind of a bitch. Sorry, KD, I love you, but actually I don't. But if you hear this, whatever. Get well soon, KD. Yeah, we get, need you back. Get well soon so you can go run around New York with Kyrie and look at the Thank stars you for leaving the West. Be a flat earther. Yeah, thank you for leaving the West and knocking off that uh, Warriors dynasty for us. We appreciate that. But anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side, like I said, we're going to have a special, special guest. It's a potential Mavs starter at the uh, small forward position, Justin Jackson. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back, and we have a very special guest for you guys. Uh, He is a forward for the Dallas Mavericks. We're just, you know, getting used to him because he came over in a, a trade deadline deal from the Sacramento Kings. It's Justin Jackson. Justin, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. How are y'all doing? We are, we are doing good. We, we're glad we got to have you on tonight. Uh, we, we got a good show set up. We got a lot of interesting things we want to ask you. And uh, like I said, we just we can't thank you enough for taking the time with us. Of course, anytime. But. Just to start off, I mean, what have you been up to this summer? I mean, obviously, you've, you've been working in the gym, but, I mean, uh, what, what have you been up to aside from just, you know, working out and adding muscle and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, me and my wife have been able to take a couple of vacations. Um, we took one vacation with her side of the family, um, and then took a vacation with uh, my side of the family, actually, here recently. Um, and then other than that, just... Really trying to hang out, relax, um, you know, in between work and obviously, you know, resting up and, and making sure your body is right for the season is really important. So just relax and having fun uh, and just kind of enjoying this time off. Yeah, I mean, an 82-game year and then you have to factor in preseason before that and training camp and all that, it it adds up. So it, it's nice to I, – I bet it's nice to get away and relax a little bit while you can. So, Matt – yeah, yeah. So, uh, Justin, I've you know I'm one of the people that's been following you since you were at North Carolina, and um, you know you've always brought number 44 along with you everywhere you've gone. Uh, what is the significance behind the number 44 for you, and why that's your you know your go-to number? 
Yeah, so um, 44 was actually, um, it, it was brought on by, I love George Gervin. Um, nice. A lot, of young, a lot of young people don't know who that is, but uh, George Gervin, uh, I, I actually, I grew up, and don't, don't, don't kill me fans, but I grew up as a Spurs fan. Um, and so, you know, obviously him being one of the great Spurs Spurs players, um, he was a guy that, you know, uh, I, I kind of, I liked, his, his body type was a lot like mine first, um, and so that was kind of what attracted me to him, but then, I mean, the way he played was, he was obviously one of the greatest to ever play, so just being able to watch him and, you know, the little highlights and stuff that they have of him, um, you know, that, that's kind of why 44 came. That's pretty cool. I, I wouldn't have guessed George Gervin, but that's really cool to know. Um, just branching off from that, you know, like I said, you, you've you obviously been putting in a, a lot of work this summer, and uh, Eddie Sefko with the Mavs, he, he reported that you had gained about 20 pounds of muscle this summer. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, you know, why you decided to uh, make that change this summer, and how hard has it been chasing that goal um yeah i mean that's that's always kind of been one of the things that everybody is i guess you could say a criticism um but i kind of look at it as something that i've always needed to get better at was you know my body uh, get bigger um, and get stronger and so i just felt like this you know each summer i try to work on it but this summer i think uh i took it extremely serious um and i think jeremy and you know a couple other people within um, the strength conditioning stuff here with the Mavs, they were huge for me and, and trying to change that and change my body and stuff like that. And, um, so, you know, I think that's, that's really all it was, man. It just, you know, it just came down to a lot of eating, a lot of, a lot of lifting. Um, you know, and, and obviously I still have, I, I feel like I still have more to go and, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this, this off season ends up. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine how much you have to eat to put on 20 pounds in a summer. It must be uh, must be a lot, uh, you know, burning all that protein off and, and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, obviously that was a huge goal of yours uh, heading into the summer, and now you're heading into your, your third NBA season. And we're, we're just kind of curious, you know, what your goals are heading into the year and uh, what you expect to contribute this season, um, you know, and if you think the team can, you know, potentially make it to the playoffs, if, if everything stays the way it is and everybody stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think something that I'm excited about is just seeing how my role, you know, kind of changes this year or whatever it might be. I think for me, I've been really working on consistency as, lo- as, as far as shooting um, the ball goes. And I've just been trying to get up a lot of shots. Um, a lot of makes, a lot of reps, just so that I feel extremely comfortable once the season comes. Um, and I think, you know, being that and obviously being um, a bigger wing defender, I think is going to be key for me, um, you know, and, and trying to trying to help this team and, you know, trying to trying to take us to that next that next level that we need to get to. And I think I think everybody's excited and I think it's very realistic um, as far as making the playoff run. I think it's very, very realistic and I think everybody's really excited about it. Yeah, a lot of parity in the league now. You know, a lot of two-star teams not <clears throat> really don't have like one definitive super team. So a lot of parity, a lot of opportunity there. But 
you mentioned just branching off of what Matt just asked, but you you mentioned uh, that you're getting up a lot of shots, working on your uh, efficiency and all that. But I mean, just looking at the numbers, and I, obviously it's a small sample size. You were only in Dallas for 29 games. You started 11 games, but in that time period, you know, your percentages across the board, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, your effective field goal percentage, you know, all of that was, you know, it would have been a career high for you. So do you think that's more of, you know, the system you were in, or do you think, you know, playing with Luca helps a lot, or what, what do you think, you know, uh, contributed to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, um, I think a lot of it, comes down to you know being comfortable um you know kind of you know knowing what what to expect going into games um and i think a lot of it also is kind of the people that are surrounding you the players that are surrounding you obviously like you said luca you know can can pass his butt off um but i mean then you have guys like dwight um Jaylen, uh you know maxi guys other guys that can really you know pass the ball and, and try to play the right way at all times and i think when you have a team that's always trying to, you know, look to make the next pass or just play the right way, I think it's a lot easier to kind of get in the rhythm and, and just go out there and just play. Right, and it seems like a seamless fit. You know, when you came over from Sacramento, it seemed like you fit in really well with all with the rest of the guys, and you know, you got to witness Dirk's final home game in Dallas and. Uh, just, it was, it was an emotional time. It was a short time, but it was, it was a good time too. But my next question for you is just, how did you go about adjusting to the Mavs and not just the Mavs, but the city of Dallas? Um, so I'm, I actually grew up in Houston and so Texas is a little more home for me. My wife is from Tennessee. So, you know, it's still, it's different kinds of South, but it's still kind of more of the South. Uh, California is just different, um, and so you know we had to adjust to being in California, and then when we came back to Dallas, it just kind of felt you know a little more at home. Um, and obviously, we made some great some great friends, some people we consider some family out there in Sacramento. But being here in Dallas it just felt more at home as far as the city, and, you know, the environment and stuff like that. So uh, me and my wife, we were able to get you know pretty pretty acclimated pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as, you know, basketball goes, it was pretty easy to, you know, to get, you know, transitioned. You know, obviously it's tough to, to move on to a new team, but the coaching staff was awesome. The players were awesome. Um, and, you know, once we, once we you know, really get together and, you know, obviously we had a ton of, a ton of trades last year. So it's going to be exciting to see how everybody who came over last year can really gel from the start um, and, and really get this thing going. Right. And I mean, it's really, it's been really great to see you, you know, out and uh, being involved in the community. And, you know, we've seen you uh, attend some youth camps and you were at Dirk's celebrity baseball game and stuff like that. So it's been really great to see uh, you embrace the city like that. And uh, I think you've already become a fan favorite, but. Well, I appreciate that. I hope so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, to kind of go off that, I, me and my wife's main goal in life is just to make this world a better place anyways. Um, you know, basketball is awesome. It gives me a great platform to, you know, do that. Uh, but for us, it's just trying to help people, you know, love on people, encourage people, just try to help people through life. So, yeah, I mean, I love this community has been awesome. Um, they showed a ton of love. So 
I'm looking forward to this season, especially once we start making that playoff run. Man, that that's a great way to approach life. I I actually got chills listening to that, Matt. Well, you know that reminds me uh, a lot of the kind of things that Dirk liked to do in the community as well. Um, he was a lot of it wasn't publicized, but as we saw during his his you know kind of farewell tour, Brad Townsend had that great piece, uh, that video that, that was on the jumbotron. And I'm just you know I'm, I'm curious, Justin, what kind of impact did Dirk have on you, and what was it like to to witness uh, Dirk's farewell in Dallas, even though you were only you've only been here for a short time. Um, you know, for one, you know, when I first got here, obviously Dirk is a legend. You know, he'll be a Hall of Famer um, very quickly, and uh, you know, obviously one of the all-time greats. But I think what hit me so so quickly was how normal of a guy he was. You know, he he was very humble. Um, you know, was never too high, uh, and I think. Just seeing that as far as a guy who very easily could be arrogant, very easily could feel like he was, you know, better than other people, but he did it. You know, he saw, he put other people first, he put his teammates first. Um, And I think that was honestly watching all of the farewells that he had. I think that was the biggest thing was you saw the community and how much they loved Dirk for the type of person he was, you know, obviously outside of basketball, they, they, they loved how great he was in the community, how great of a person he was just as a person, not necessarily as a basketball player. And so I think that was that was a huge testament to him. You know, obviously it was a blessing to be able to play with him for half a year. Um, and I think that was kind of the biggest thing that I took away from him was, look, you can be a great basketball player and a great person at the same time. Um, so that, that was really big. Yeah, and uh, we're really glad that, you know, you got that opportunity to soak in the remainder of his career and you know Luca and Jalen Brunson and the rest of those rest of those young guys hopefully got something from it as well and I'm sure I'm sure Dirk will still be around the team I think he even said that he's going to try to you know be around the team a little bit but it's good that you know a lot of these guys got to actually see him in action while they still could but Justin we're gonna finish off with this it's not really basketball related we just wanted to ask you about, you know, some of your favorite hobbies. You know, I we, we spoke uh, during the season, and, you know, you said one of your big hobbies is video games, obviously. What do you like to play? Um, right now I'm on, you know, just like everybody else in the world, I'm on the Fortnite craze. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's what I've been, that's what I really love. That's what a lot of my friends like, so that's what we play. Um but obviously, there's a new Call of Duty coming out. I've always been a Call of Duty fan, so that's what I'll be back on. You know, I've never really been huge into the sport games, um, you know, 2K, Madden, things like that. I've never really been big into those. Um, but you know, the, the shooter games, um, those are those have always been really fun to me. Well, we know Luca is a big. Uh, Fortnite fan as well. Have you been able to connect with him on there yet? Can you tell us, you know, who's the better Fortnite player yet, or no? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, I actually haven't been able to play with him. Um, you know, I played with Jalen a couple times, uh, but Luca, you know, I think he kind of does his own thing uh, when it comes to that. So <laughs> I just kind of let him be. Uh, but I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's better than me. well justin look we really appreciate this we we appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk with us we wish you nothing but the best this year and i mean i I think there's some big things ahead for you and the math so we really appreciate it 
Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Justin. Thank y'all. All right. Have a good one, Justin. All right, y'all too. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this episode of the Step Back, a Mavs podcast. We appreciate y'all coming in every week and listening to us. Hope you guys enjoyed Justin Jackson's commentary there. I think it's going to be a really special season, and we can't wait to see how he does in training camp. And like I said, he could potentially be the Mavs starter at the small forward position. So it was good to get him on here and uh, get his thoughts on some some Mavs topics. So, guys, we appreciate it. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget about our ticket giveaway. Uh, If you want to be entered into that giveaway, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, a review. And put your Twitter or Instagram name in that review so you can be entered uh, to win the tickets to the home opening game against the Wizards. We appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend. The man's the best on the floor. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT. This game get cold. Yeah, you might need a coach. Your friends turn into your foe. But I'ma just roll. Gotta keep rolling your boat. Yeah, I swear I give them hope. I say I'm cleaner than the soap. This time of year proves who a really single float for real. Yeah, it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no action. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. Yeah, it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no action. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.